Georgia, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. So founder to leader, we're on a mission essentially to help founders support existing founders and sort of future founders as well and leaders just to not feel so alone in being a leader, whether that's in a company, whether that's just being a leader in their day-to-day lives. In terms of what we kind of want to cover today, I really want to get to grips around understanding the importance of taking time off. I know it's something that we've spoken about quite often. It's something I feel like a lot of people, especially in the culture that we have now, like the hustle and bustle, people don't take enough time off. So we're going to get into the gritty of that. But I firstly just want to ask you, like, how are you? How are things going? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I've, um, I mean, that's something that I've battled with myself is like taking time off. And I'm very much like a very, very like ambitious person, very much always been in that like high achiever category. And so I know what it's like to not want to stop. Like that's literally me. It's what I'm like, um, which is why I think I do what I do because I am very often having to pull back on myself and if you'd have asked me that question a couple of weeks ago I'd have been like I'm actually exhausted <laughs> but I had to pick myself up and listen to the things that I say again to get myself back on track and to get that balance right so yeah right now I'm feeling really good <laughs> so what did you do in the last two weeks so if I asked you this two weeks ago it would have been a much different answer or what happened in those two weeks that helped you get to this point where you're saying like yeah I'm good yeah, so I've been through this many times now, um, so I know what to do. And essentially, first of all, I was like, I had to notice it and I had to become very aware of this is what I'm doing now because it's that familiar feeling that I felt when I would overwork and burn myself out previously in the corporate world. And for me personally, it starts with, I become a little bit more irritable than normal, but also like in my energy levels, I notice it a lot more and specifically for me I I can get like back and neck pain and I was really feeling that and I was like I I literally feel now like I can feel my nervous system being like please stop (laughs) and so I was feeling that and I was like I need to change something right now like something has to give and so I did like a bit of an audit on what I'm doing right now that's caused this because all summer and I live in Ibiza, like in the summer, it is go, go, go for us. Like we are so busy. We do not stop. But I was like, I have the best balance ever. And I was like, how is it now winter when everything's quiet that I'm suddenly unbalanced and like feeling like I'm burning myself out? So yeah, I looked at what am I doing right now that's different to when I've been feeling really energized. And I realized a couple of things. One, I was working late which I can convince myself that that's a great idea because I love what I do. And I also, I I think it's so productive. I'm like, oh yeah, like everyone's asleep and I'm working. Like how amazing is that? Because in my brain, this is the conversation that used to go on a lot before, but doesn't happen so much anymore. So I looked at it and I was like, right, these are the things I'm going to have to stop. So I put myself a deadline in, for half 5 p.m. and I was like no matter where I'm at I'm going to close my laptop at 5 30 p.m. every day this week and so I, so I just put that deadline in um, I put myself a massage because that works really well for me and yeah I really looked I really honed in on when I was doing my tasks I think what I realized was I have some non-negotiables that I do every single day 
and one of them is my content and it's something that I just do and it's not necessarily a key core part of my business actually it is but it doesn't necessarily feel like it sometimes so I was staying up until like however late at night because I have a promise to myself that I will put something out the next day and it just wasn't doing me any good so I started actually moving that to the beginning of the day so that's my first thing I do really simple things but needed do you find it quite easy to set boundaries or is it like quite a battle to like set these kind of boundaries for yourself when I'm setting boundaries I have to look at okay what is a boundary for me because I know what you mean like I was thinking it the other day and I was I was thinking actually this morning like oh I could just not do that you know there's there's ways that we can quite easily betray ourselves and this is what I say to myself and I say it to my clients it's like if you put a boundary in place that you don't listen to and you ignore you are betraying yourself and so for me I don't necessarily always find it easy but I remind myself that I will be letting myself down if I don't adhere to the boundary. Mm. It's almost like uh I don't know what the word is I'm thinking of, but you almost like give yourself a tough time of it will be an even tougher time <laughs> if I don't do this than what I'm feeling right now. I just know that. And yeah. I think that just comes from experience. Like I always say to my clients as well, like if you find it hard to set boundaries, use it as a game, like do an experiment as to, okay, what will it be like just for one day? I do this. Let's see what happens. And then when you get that experience, you just know that it's the great thing to do, but it can be annoying sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I want to, so this has been like super interesting stuff. But I also want to give the listener a little bit of context onto like who you are and essentially what you do. So I know, I know we've spoken before. I've also read that it was like a trip to Bali, you know, you studied yoga, meditation training. That's kind of where it all began for you. You then obviously went to Ibiza, you set up Sancti Retreats. Something must have snapped within you prior to going to Bali to make you want to go through that in the first place, rather than just that trip to Bali inspiring where you go mm. on beyond that. Do you mind sharing whatever you're comfortable with? It? But what was it? What kind of happened to you like inside that thought process that said, I need to make a drastic change. I need to go to Bali now. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I came out of university you know, broke as anything. What I went to London when I couldn't even afford to go to London. I just went there anyway. So I was like, I'm going to make some money here and get myself out of this situation. And I was just in what I felt like for me was really, it was dire conditions. Like it just wasn't very nice situation. Like living in somewhere that it didn't have a kitchen. Like I just did not feel comfortable in any way, shape or form. It was a dodgy area in London. And I was just like, have to get myself out of here and so I think because I was so needing to get myself out of that situation when it came to my corporate role which was recruitment you know if anyone knows that industry or any sales industry you have to work so hard and it really does depend on your hours to get your results so I learned very quickly then at a very young age my hours equals more money in my bank account. So what did I do? I increased my hours massively and so did that happen in my bank account. But during that time, 
I got myself out of that situation. I suddenly found myself living this like London high life, which was totally the opposite of what I'd experienced before. And I was like, I had spots. And for I just didn't like, like I had like stress spots on my forehead that I would get like all the time. I was feeling run down. My mum would always say to me, oh, Georgia, you're burning the candle at both ends. And I'd be like, no, this is how I like it because I want to have a life as well. But I think it got to the point where I was like, I actually can't carry on anymore. And I spoke to my employer and they were understanding in a way, like they were really helpful because they actually let me do four days a week instead of five because they knew I could still get the same amount of work done. But it just wasn't quite doing it for me. And... I think I'd realised I had this ability and I'd always wanted to set up my own business. So I was like, this just has to happen now. It just got to a point where I was like, I'm not learning anything more in this corporate environment. Like I'm going to have to just go and do my own thing now because now is the time. Yeah, it's interesting. So I kind of resonate with that. So I get when I get into like a burnout phase, like for months I'll go on end where I'm like, yeah, I'm working. This is amazing. Like I'm just on like a high, like I'm in such a good zone and then it just hits me and like, I get like the physiological kind of symptoms of stress so like I'll get these random weird pains in like places I didn't even know you could feel pain or like you like I'll get like spots or I've got these wrinkles my partner calls like you just you frown too much but like these just get deeper and deeper and stuff yeah that's when I kind of know like okay I need to like like calm down a little bit so I guess obviously what you're doing with your own company as well obviously you're trying to tackle the heart of stress but based on your like your own knowledge as far as that takes you what impact does stress actually have physiologically on the body and like what are we actually doing to ourselves by working so relentlessly hard for so long god you don't want to know like <laughs> i do I really awful do. it's so bad you know this is actually i think a big one so i actually went to um the doctors because at the time when i was in this corporate role i actually had headaches every single day for about a year um, and I just thought I have headache. I'm the sort of person that just has headaches now. And I got to a point, I was like, I'm going to have to go to a doctor. Like, this is not normal. So I did. And I spoke to the doctor and he was like, okay, what do, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm working recruitment. He's like, okay, is it stressful? I was like, yes, of course it is. <laughs> like, almost like wearing it as a badge. And... Um, he was like, well, that's why you're having these headaches. I was like, sorry, what do you mean? Like, there's not something just wrong with my brain. <laughs> and he was like, no, like, we can do all sorts to try and figure out how to combat these headaches. You know, he even said, described this, like, medical procedure where they could literally put, like, pins in my head to try and, like, get rid of these headaches that I was having. He was like, but if you want the easy way out, like, just be less stressed. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try being less stressed. And that's when I started yoga and meditation. And I just realized how freaking powerful it can be to do that. And I think as I learned about yoga and meditation, I'd had this experience myself. I get very, very geeky about things. So I was researching into stress and actually what that does to us because of this headache situation. And every single disease that you see like mainstream things that go wrong in our lives, like even towards, even like cancer, for example, 
these health problems 90% of the time like have the root cause of stress like stress is really really bad for our bodies in that way now there's a really cool book that I read called the body keeps the score and it's a great example of how stress physically is stored in our body and this is something that actually we are not taught we are not taught like actually how stress and how things and our experiences emotionally actually are stored within our body physically because that really is the root cause of all pain that we may have it's a result of our experiences whether that be something emotional that's happened to us or physically stressful or whatever that might be or just like you say like working late those stresses on our body build up over time if we don't address them and they cause physical illnesses we see them i don't know one person in corporate that hasn't got like either a twitchy eye or a headache <laughs> like that's crazy isn't it just how like you always you always hear these things you know like have the impact of stress and stuff but like I grew up in like a, you just, you power through, right? You just yeah. get on with it. It's like, if you're not feeling that great in the morning, you get on with it. Unless like, as long as you've got two good hands, you're fairly healthy. You feel okay. You, you carry on and you plow through. Then you hear all these stories about how actually you just keep going. If you keep going, the impact it has isn't necessarily like, you might feel mentally great, but you might feel, yeah, happy, chirpy, great. Physically, you get all these symptoms and people always say, so I know like there's, there's things like fibromyalgia and stuff like this where medically they can't be explained so they no one can actually physically say this is what is causing this so what the medical professionals have to say is we think it's this the likelihood is it's caused by stress so it's like ibs is another one there's fibromyalgia it's incredible just how powerful the mind is and i think in today's modern world obviously we're surrounded by stress like 24 7 because we've got our phones you've got laptops people are working crazy hours you got more worries. Obviously, there's more financial worries nowadays. So I think people are just surrounded by stress. So I guess on that as well, obviously, we'll touch on the time off thing. I want to get to that in just a second. But what are some you've mentioned a couple yoga meditation, but what are like your absolute non-negotiable go to's when it comes to I short term need to immediately reduce and tackle this stress? This is mm. what I need to do. And what would you recommend to someone listening that's like they're at burnout? what two things you think actually you just need to look at doing this now yeah I would say I would say some sort of meditation so for me look this is the thing with meditation it can come in all sorts of different forms there is a study um it's a Harvard study called the relaxation response and this study actually looks at how doing this specific type of meditation can reduce your blood pressure and reduce your stress physically it's probably one of the most groundbreaking studies scientifically on meditation and it's I don't know whether you might have heard of something called yoga nidra if you haven't that is the probably the thing that I would recommend for someone who is in that scenario um I would recommend also like if you're feeling like you just need to reduce your stress right now like don't feel like you have to do that alone you know like there's so many resources that we have online but actually doing that on your own it's not always necessarily the go-to so for me I, I would go somewhere in person 
to do a you know a relaxing yoga session like maybe yin or restorative not the high like power yoga and stuff like that um I'd go to a meditation studio like some gorgeous meditation studios in London um in most cities now in the UK I do see like there's some kind of like the sound healings going on like there's stuff there um my favorite app is insight timer for meditations and that has like some amazing like relaxation ones so I'd say like do like 15 minutes of um relaxation response or like yoga nidra sort of thing to really because what you're doing here is you're just giving your nervous system a break and letting your nervous system restore itself because we often like you say we live in fight or flight mode which is part of our survival mechanism of course you know we need that but we're living in that we're living in that extreme and it's about probably 80 percent whereas actually the 20 percent or maybe even less of rest and digest is just as important so we need to actually really increase that rest and digest so anything you can do that for you feels like is restful that allows your body to digest things like you mentioned with IBS it's the perfect example like IBS is literally with your digestion system and when we talk about rest and digest it's being in that state of being in a restful state so that you can digest emotions food everything um so that that would be my top few things it's interesting like you use IBS there as an example for like even just going through emotional sort of knees in the head rather than just digestion that's amazing I guess all of this if if you're working hard you're a high performer as a leader in a company naturally you're probably working crazy hours responsible for a lot of other people it reaches a time where no matter what you're trying in your day-to-day you need to take time off I really have always struggled with this I mean you'll know this we've spoken about in the past but whether it's a control thing a trust thing I don't really know what it is but I've always really struggled to just be like I'm going to take this week off. I always find resistance in saying it or doing it, I guess. Well, I, I guess other people probably feel the exact same way. So you speak a lot online around like the neuroscience of it all, but what does taking time off do for the brain? So just switching up your routine and changing that, like what does that actually do for people? And h- how would you go about recommending to someone just take this time off now? This is how you approach this. This is how you change your entire routine overnight. I would ask this question to you and I would ask this question to anyone else who resonates like high perform as a high performing person. And that question will be, when will you feel like what you do is enough? Yeah. Interesting. I guess the responses you might get from that, from most people then is probably just like, whether it's financial responses, whether it's potentially like winning certain awards or something like that, I guess. Um, I guess if you're asking me that question now, when do I feel like it's enough? I don't actually know. I have no idea. And that's a really good starting point. Because if we don't know when we feel like it's enough, there's something going on there that is stopping us and it's actually capping our potential. What does, so if in that instance, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this time off now, what you've just said to me, like, 
blown my mind. I might as well just do it. I'm going to lose nothing by doing it. What does that do to someone? Mm. What does that do actually taking that time off? Like what, what does it do to someone's mind or someone's just day to day feeling? Yeah. So ultimately when I talk about um, the neuroscience of it all, it's really important to understand why these things happen, like why we get into these scenarios. And ultimately what it is, is our brain is created in a way for survival. And so if, like you said earlier, you know, you've, you've been taught and you've been going along with understanding, that's all you've ever known is to just keep going, getting on with it. Just keep getting on with it, no matter what. Pain, no worries, we'll just carry on, you know. Let's just, let's just stay on this hamster wheel or whatever it might be. Then visualize that now as neural pathways within your brain. You're walking the same path again and again and again. And so the path gets really deep and your brain is like so used to this, you know, we're not going anywhere else. This keeps us safe. Like we've learned this from day one. Pain doesn't matter. We'll keep going because we know this keeps us safe. So ultimately there's a really heavily formed belief there within your brain and your beliefs shape your thoughts, which shape your actions, which shape your life. So if you keep having these beliefs, then your thoughts are going to stay in this path and your actions are going to stay in this path and your life is going to stay in this path. So that's just how it's going to be forever. Unless you decide, okay, maybe I want to switch the neural pathways and create a new evidence for myself. Now, what is required for this is new evidence because our beliefs are true because we believe them to be true. That's what makes them true. Oh, Working all hours is the only way I can be successful. That's a belief. And for a lot of us in our beginning of our careers, like me, I've shared that with you too, that can be a very well-serving belief. It can really serve us because we can actually get to places. You know, I learned, oh, I can make loads of money this way. I'm never going to stop in my life again until I realised, oh, this isn't serving me anymore. It's not feeling good anymore. It's got me to this point, but it's not going to be the same thing. This is what I was saying to one of my clients the other day. What has got you to where you are now is not going to be necessarily the same thing that gets you to your next level. Yeah, it's fascinating. Because I had, um, I think it was last year. Last year I had about, there's about four months. So I went and had like counseling and like therapy. And it was more like, uh, it wasn't because I was super, stressed or in a bad place and I needed it but it was more because I had kept having these like thoughts of everything that's got me to this point I've done I've done loads of I don't know grafting or when we built Novos for example like we did so many different things across so many hours and I thought that's just always how it has to be to be successful and I've always had different fears of things whether that's losing things or stuff like that and I remember I went to that with the clear intention of I need to change the way I think and I remember I remember the first thing she said to me she was kind of like well, has this ever actually happened to you before? So what you're worried about, has this happened? I went, no. And she's like, so why are you thinking that you constantly have to be thinking this way and that this is the result of your success? Like your fear of losing things or fear of failure has not resulted in you being successful. It might have given you a bit of like an extra determination or a kick up the butt or something, but that's not been why you've been successful. There's all of these things in place. So why do you have to consistently be fearful in the future? 
to feel like you need to succeed. I think then that sort of like raised, you know, like alarm bells. Ah, okay. That's like a very typical psychologist thing to say, but it made so much sense because I was like, well, yeah, I guess my fears isn't why we've done well. It's because 105,000 different things have pieced well together for us and we've worked for it. So it's interesting what you say there, like just remapping your wiring, I guess, like almost just like mm. when you when you described that whole pathway, I almost had like a vision of like a Pac-Man with two little legs just running through. Yeah. You're like, where the hell do I go? So that's really fascinating. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I guess like a leader listening to this, let's say they're like ahead of in like a really busy, bustling retail brand they might be listening to this jealous of like your life potentially in Ibiza they might also be envious because they can't just up and move they might have three kids they've got a mortgage here they've got a family here etc so they're probably thinking well I can't do so many things I don't have the time to do this what would be like the first thing you'd say to them to help them unlock themselves despite having such an incredibly busy lifestyle I mean first of all you've got to be really sure on what you genuinely want because if you want to pick up your life and move it, you can, regardless of mortgages and kids and whatever. There's always ways you can put a plan in place and work towards that in a way that's structured and strategic. But if that's not actually what you want, it's worth figuring out what is it that I genuinely want? Maybe actually, you know what? I like my house here but I'd like some more free time to be able to go to Ibiza or do whatever. That's very different. Um, I think if you are in a job, it's very different to if you are a business owner. Um, If you are a business owner, you can ask yourself, okay, what needs to change here in in my structure, in my days to make this happen? And Is me working all these hours actually the most productive thing I can be? Probably not. You know, you want, you know, you want to have certain structures in place so that your employees together as a team can do that legwork whilst you're being that visionary. And there's ways that founders we can dip in and out of like trying to pull the whole team up and um, again, being the visionary. But as someone in a company, I would say, really get clear on what you actually want because unless you know what you want then you can't get it if you decide you do want a bit more freedom and space then look at your life how can that change you know can you have a conversation with your boss and say look the way I'm operating now is burning me out and it's not the most productive use of my time how about we look at something different And we look at a flexible work schedule where when I'm with you, I'm here, I'm energized, I'm 100% in. And that does wonders for a business. How does someone differentiate though that? So how does someone in that position differentiate whether it's I'm I'm so stressed, I can't do this in money to leave my company or... I'm so stressed, I just need to up and leave and completely change my life. I need to move to Australia. I want to just completely revamp versus just, I need to introduce a different way of working. I need to finish at 5.30. I need to set those boundaries that you mentioned earlier. Like, How does someone mm-hmm. understand which of those it actually is? Because they might all feel the same. You might want all of those things. You don't know which one you want. Yeah. And 
it, it comes down to being open enough to be curious about what you genuinely want. Um, you know, you don't need to quick, oh my God, let's find a solution right now. But you do get to, if you want to be open to new things, um, start to look at your options. You know, this is why I do what I do. You know, I'm a coach. I have a coaching business. We have amazing retreats. These are for people who decide, are like, I don't know, actually, what could be my next step? Because there are ways that you don't have to do it alone. And there are people who have done it before and can guide you in that right direction. And for me, that's what changed everything for me. I actually couldn't recommend it enough to hire a coach, anyone that you resonate with. And that for me is what changed everything because having someone challenge my thoughts, a bit like what you described in your therapy experience, having someone challenge my thoughts allowed me instead of to just keep playing this game of thoughts in my head and like being involved in this drama, actually step away and look at it and be like, oh, what have we got here? Let's let's put this out here now. Let's have a look. Oh, okay. Hmm, what feels really good for me? What's my big dream? Oh, okay. How can we make that happen? What's a good first step, you know, than everything else? Um, and I always say to people, if you're really, really lost, you know, ask yourself the question, if money were not object, what would you do? You must get some interesting answers from that. (laughs) Ask it from the heart, Mm. not the head. So many people can't answer that question because they're like, oh, but money is an object. I'm like, that wasn't the question. You must get so many interesting answers, though, from that question. Like, even those that do answer, there must be some, like, interesting ones. Most people say that they want to be able to live in paradise, travel when they want, um provide for their family like a lot of people I talk to they want to pay off their parents mortgages they want to treat their family to like holidays abroad that's why we're all doing this is what I get as answers but ultimately this comes to a point where what have you already got right now like I think for me one of my big goals was to take my family out to Ibiza I did that this year and I was like wow like this is actually my biggest dream ever and it's happened so I don't need necessarily to be putting all this pressure on myself to make it or do these things because I've already done my main thing and I get to do that again yeah it's interesting I guess on your coaching as well so you've become quite an enigma on LinkedIn (laughs) I'd, I'd call you that so like how did that start why did that start? How has that helped you, I guess, grow your own coaching company, your own platform, essentially? Um, sharing my story is probably one of the best things I've ever done um, because there's so many people who can relate when you do that. Um, I started it doing it um, on my own and then some. I made some friends who we did a retreat together And they were like, Georgia, you've got to get on taking LinkedIn seriously. Like it is blowing up. You've got to do it properly. So I was just posting here and there. Um, And they introduced me to some um, marketers, some ghostwriters. And 
I was like, all right, like, let's chat to these people. Like, what are they doing? Um, and so I was chatting to them and they were like, oh my God, like, we love your story. Like, we want to make it blow up on LinkedIn. I was like, mm, I don't really understand all of this, but let's just give it a go. And through that, really, I just understood that all it is, is them asking me questions about like what I genuinely believe in, my my actual skills and thought leadership that the world kind of wants to hear that's very different to a lot of what's usually said and kind of cuts in a different way to what you typically might see on LinkedIn. So once I kind of like learned that process, they really taught me how to write. And then I started just doing it myself and being like, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to promise myself to do this five days a week. And that's what I've been doing now for like over a year. So yeah, it's wild. <laughs> awesome. Congrats though. You built such a big community on LinkedIn. I guess it takes a lot of work. So well done. Um, I guess like on this as well. So obviously the title of the podcast, Founders Leader, I'd love to know a bit more like the transition so you went from someone full-time employee busy stressed overwhelmed overworked to I'm going to be a founder of this company helping other people as part mm -hmm. of that over the years you've obviously now had to become more of a leader so you're not just a founder of a company you're leading people whether that's around you they're helping you with the company or whether that's people that come with as clients that work with you you have to lead them through change What's like been the biggest transition you found going from just a founder of an idea of a company into actually I need to lead a group of people and what are the biggest challenges you've experienced doing that? I would say the biggest thing I've learned is embodied leadership and when I say that I mean walking the walk <laughs> doing the thing that I say people should do like with my clients and how I op operate in my business you know what I'm like, I've just explained it to you. Like I can get stressed, I'm a human being, but I walk the walk. Like I promise myself to meditate every single day. I do that. I wouldn't tell my clients to do something that I don't do myself. Um, I go on retreats, I have a coach myself. I've always got someone keeping me in check because that's what I know keeps me at my best. So as a leader, I think, that's been the best thing for me because your energy radiates like it is magnetic people feel it like as soon as I actually was like oh, I'm actually gonna get another coach everyone around me felt it and like even like when it came to last year when I first started writing on LinkedIn you know the team of people who were helping me with that, they were like, oh my God, like you've just been on a retreat and you're on fire. Like you have all these ideas, like we need to send you on retreats more often. <laughs> and so <laughs> those things, I think for me, have been a massive game changer in terms of being a leader because people don't look at me and think, oh, she's just saying this thing because it's a cool thing to say about wellness. Like I'm discovering things for myself, trying them and being like, oh, this really works and people can see it. So leadership-wise, that. Um, but you also asked about challenges. Right, okay. So challenges, yeah. I would say the biggest thing I've learned is actually the difference between heart goals and ego goals when leading a team. Because if we set goals out of our ego, we're just setting ourselves 
up for many, many challenges because ultimately we can be very, very easily misaligned. It's not in line with our values. Whereas if we know like, okay, this is what I really, really value in my life, in my business. And this is going to be the crux of where I set all my goals from. Then that's a super aligned goal that everyone can get on board with. And it makes sense. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're here for this. But what has really held me back in the past has been trying to like create things because it would look good or whatever. And my team is kind of like a bit confused. Like, sorry, what? Like, it just doesn't align as well as if I'm like really, truly speaking and creating goals from the heart. People are smart enough, I think, nowadays more than maybe even more than ever to really spot the differences between leaders that genuinely care and those that are just trying to tick boxes. I think people can really tell, people can really tell the difference. They can feel the difference, especially when you work remotely as well. Like all you've got is communication over one or two formats. You've got, you haven't got the body language. People can read through things, I think, so easily. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And you can care, but still make ego goals like that is definitely a possibility and that's where I think we get to look at ourselves and just constantly keep ourselves in check of like okay is this really the most aligned thing and the best thing for me for my team for the company or could we switch it up a bit I guess on that before I get to my last question I want to ask you but what are some like common misconceptions people have of founders of business leaders that you want to debunk it's not necessarily a misconception of founders but it could be and that's ultimately thinking that you have to work yourself into the ground to be successful that's like the biggest one. That's like actually my whole mission to be like, that's the most unproductive thing you could do. Um, yeah, I really, truly, truly believe and have evidence of there's not, there's not as much of a culture around this because I think it's like, it's almost like a secret that people aren't really sharing like when they have got it, which is why I'm trying to share it as much as possible. But like, it's almost a secret of like, you can have a beautiful life and work 30, 25 hours a week, whatever, and still be super, super successful. So that would be my biggest myth that I would want to debunk. I guess the whole thing is like a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? And like people are shouting too much, I think, about this whole hustle culture. And that's why people think they need to do it. It's celebrated, it's glamorized. It's like, you wake up at five, you work until 10pm equals rich. And in many cases, that is true. Like you mentioned earlier, the more hours you work, the more you can make money. But actually, at the same time, that's not necessarily the case. And I think if you are a leader or a founder in a company, working hard will just mean you'll, you'll end up burning yourself to the ground. And then you'll end up having to take months on end off sick leave potentially. And that's not good for you, or your own mental health or people around you or your work either. So it's that whole sustainability part, isn't it? Yeah. Or you just become a demon for everyone around you. Like, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've experienced that myself. <laughs> but also, I would say, like, it it doesn't have to be bad for everyone. Like, I know people who actually that hustle culture works for them. And it really, really does. 
Um, but what I really hate to see is everyone saying this is the only way because it's absolutely not. And I do see so many people trying to do, like you say, the 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. thing, but actually they don't want that life. Like me, like I started this because I want to be able to go to the beach at 3 p.m. And I want to be able to drink Bloody Mary on a Monday and not feel bad about it. Like, I don't have to, like, work myself into the ground constantly. Like, I want to enjoy my life. So if you want to enjoy your life and actually you've got other things you want to do as well, that's when I would say it's important to understand that it doesn't have to be the hustle grind way. Like, you can be very, very strategic about what you do. There you go, everyone. You've heard it here first. If you want a Bloody Mary on a Monday, Georgia says you can have one. So, <laughs> so I do this for every episode. Um, I want to know from you. People listening want to know from you. What are three things the listener can action tomorrow to help them become, I guess, a better leader, a better entrepreneur from your perspective? And I guess focusing more on the whole wellness side of it. So, so what are three things someone could action tomorrow that would probably make them feel better? Number one has to be meditation. Like It's just too groundbreaking for me and my clients for me to not say that one. But I would also say, like, try guided meditation. Like, Insight Timer is amazing. Make and it a guided that, meditation. And on that, do you have a time frame that you recommend for beginners? So I know they've got 30 yeah. minutes an hour. Do you have, like, a set one where you're, like, if you're just starting out, try this? If you're starting out, yeah, I would say, like, 10 minutes is nice. Um, and then gradually increase it. Plus nighttime ones are really cool because you can fall asleep whilst you're listening. So that'd be number one because that's an absolute game changer. Number two, I would say get really clear on your two main objectives for the year, personal and business. Like what are two things you'd be so happy with if this time next year you'd, you'd achieved them? and really focus on them. Do not let yourself forget them. And number three, I would say is understand what your values are. Like know your core values because so many people think they do. But if I say to you right now, what are your three to five core values? If you're not like, oh, then get clear on it. Because if you have your values super clear, then every single thing you do will be aligned. You can know if that's aligned to your values or not. And if it's not, then you can very quickly and easily see something that has to change. Um, and I have got, I made actually a values audit that's totally free. So I can send that to you if you want and you can have a little look. It's amazing. Yes, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> this has been incredibly insightful. Um, if anyone listening wants to find out more about you or they want to find out more about Sanctuary Retreats, how is the best way to reach out to you or find out more? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn as Georgia St. John Smith, um, Instagram, Georgia St. John Smith, um, and the website is sancti, S-A-N-C-T-I dot co dot UK. Amazing. Georgia, thank you so much for this. It's been an amazing, it's just been amazing to hear your story and I know it's going to help many people. So thank you so much for being on Founder to Leader today. Thank you as well. It's been great to chat with you, Antonio.